Appreciate you guys. There they go. Great folks with Chaos Theory. It's your boy, Harbaugh Harge. That's right. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Harge. You can follow me on Instagram at Harbaugh Harge. And of course, you can follow the great folks right here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Go to at TS Unfiltered on Twitter and at Texas Sports Unfiltered on uh, Instagram. And by the way, we're also on Facebook. So if you got the time to come and kick it with us, come and spend some time and let's say what's up. Uh, a special shout out to CB, Slurricane, what's up? And of course, I want to say what's up to my man, Ike. Ike. Ike is in the studio early today because his uh, Astros won last night. So he's feeling really good. And you know why they won, Ike? Because they were on the road. They got to play at home. It's going to be a battle on the road. No worries about it. I will definitely get into the MLB. I'm also going to preview a little bit of this Texas versus Kansas game this uh, Saturday, 2.30. There's a rumor. It's not com confirmed yet, but there's a rumor that I'm going to have somebody on the show tomorrow that will talk about some of the linebacker play at the University of Texas. And I will also, there's also the rumor that your boy Harbaugh Harge might be in the house this Saturday as the Texas Longhorns host the Kansas Jayhawks. Both teams are 4-0. We'll get into it. And there's some similarities that I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to, not necessarily on the field, but more on the sidelines. It's gonna, I'm going to break that down for you as well. We're going to talk about some of the things in the NFL, what we've seen, and what's important right now, can we make a snap judgment? I don't think we can, but there's some lot of people that are out there right now that are giving you the vibe on how good they can possibly be. And I'm telling you, folks, when you can find a way to win ugly and you can continue to win, that's what it's all about. Because the key word there is win. I once played for a manager named Felipe Alou. You probably known him. Montreal Expo played in the big leagues for a long time. Father of Moises. And one of the things he always used to tell me in the office, in, 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 in meetings, was, Mike, everybody say, Felipe, you hit so ugly. And he goes, the key word is hit. I hit. And that's some of the things that you want to make sure that you're paying attention to. Do yourself a favor, like and subscribe to this page. Also, if you got some questions you want to get with me and talk a little bit about or some things that you want to bring up, Hit us up on the text line, 512-222-9328, and I'll get into our sponsors in just a minute. But I do want to give a special shout out. Way to go, uh, CB, for bringing it up to me because I was already planning on doing it. Special shout out to my former co-host, the man Rob Babers. Rob Beasy, as I like to call him, has uh, just given birth to his first child. Well, he didn't. His wife did. But a special shout out to Rob Babers and his wife, Mel. Uh, congratulations. They had a beautiful baby girl. Um, he hadn't told me every all the details, but I did hear six pounds, eight ounces, and I am so happy for them. And if it happened yesterday, it just so happened to be National Daughters Day. So what a perfect time for my man, Rob B, to have his baby. And uh, I hope mom and daughter are doing well also. Uh, big game this weekend. Uh, Sark had his press conference yesterday addressing uh, the Kansas Jayhawks, his thoughts, what was going on, how things were happening, what he learned about his team uh, this past week, the focus, the drive that they've been doing. I gave you the information that Jalen Ford was recognized as the Reese's 
uh, Senior Bowl Player of the Week with his performance. My man just always seems to be around the football making plays. But obviously there's some things that need to be cleaned up. Uh, it's important for them to figure out what's happening on special teams, whether it's uh, returning punts, uh, returning kickoffs, catching the ball most importantly. But I'm not worried about it. Sark didn't seem to be too worried about it because – these are things that happened out of the norm. These are some special football players that have done some special things this year, so they will be just fine. So I'm not too concerned about what I've seen uh, with them. But it is interesting that Kansas, Kansas football team ranks in the top 100 in every single category. I don't think we've ever heard that unless we were talking about the Kansas basketball team. Texas is he Texas ranks outside of the top 100 in two categories. One of them is kickoff returns. Well, some of that is because they don't get a lot of opportunities to return kickoffs. Number one, they're either kicking it out of the end zone. But number two, Texas hasn't given up 50 points the entire season yet. So those are some of the things you got to look at, too. Kansas has given up some points. So therefore, that might play a little bit part of it. And Texas is uh, 103rd in time of possession. If you've been listening to me for quite some time, and I appreciate all of you that are our continued listeners, and I appreciate some of you who are new listeners. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to entertain you every single day. But when I sit here and I look at this Texas football team and the things that happen that don't seem to be on the surface all the time, it's really, really interesting because this Texas football team on the time of possession, you will say, oh my God, they're, they're, they're not they're not controlling the ball. Well, if you remember, Texas is putting up quite a few points per game each uh, week. So some of that's from the defense, though they're not having to be out there as long. But in scoring points, Texas ranks 37th in the nation, while um, Kansas ranks 30, uh, 26th. So that's there's the differential, right? Texas, uh, Kansas controls the ball, time of possession. Texas controls it 27 uh, minutes and 57 seconds of the game. Kansas controls it 33 minutes of the game. So there's not that much in the separation. So sometimes that's why I always tell you sometimes numbers can be skewed. And that's that's why I've always uh, I've thought about that. You have to do different things and you can change the numbers to be a certain way. But as that happens, you're also looking at, OK, what can Texas do differently? Um, I don't think there's much that Texas needs to do. They, they've been running the ball. I've said that they need to run the ball to be effective. They've been doing that. Uh, Jonathan Brooks seems to get better and better. And if you were uh, fortunate enough to be listening or watching uh, the show with BK and Bucky, you would hear that Ricky really, Ricky Williams was on the show with them and they liked the way Jonathan Brooks has run the ball. You would even hear it in Coach Sark's presser yesterday about how he's excited about what he's seeing. Yes, he really wants CJ Baxter back. Yes. We understand it. You 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 want to have that dual threat, slash and pound and dash and go and all this other stuff. But when you watch Jonathan Brooks, he's the type of runner that I, I I've observed that each as the game goes on, that young man gets stronger. As the game continues to go, 
he gets better. What up, my man, Sal? Always good checking in with me, man. I appreciate you. But every time you sit and you look at this team, you're like, man, this team doesn't truly have any weaknesses. They may not play at the, the level that we want them to. They may come out and start a little slow. And by the end of the week, I'll have some numbers for you about how Texas plays um, early composed to late road versus home. They're almost like the Astros when it comes to being at home and being away. Sorry, Ike, I just had to do that. I had to do that. But you sit there and you look at this team and you say, where are the weaknesses when it comes to the University of Texas? They don't have very many. They're on each level, you look at a defensive line playing at a very, very high level. They've been doing that for the last couple of years. And again, I go, I think it goes back to continuity of the coaching staff, the messaging, and guys just reacting, not having to think. They see it, they know it, they go, they study it. So that is something that I want to continue to look at and monitor. So then you go to the linebacker position. We're starting to see different players make plays from that linebacker position. We talk about Jalen Ford, and yesterday I told you, don't take him for granted. Do not take Jalen Ford for granted. Appreciate everything that you see because this was a three-star guy that got developed and made things happen. Don't ever take that thing that, that for granted. And, and he continues to grow each step of the way. Uh, then you got Jet Bush. I know, I know. It's kind of crazy. Jet Bush has been out there doing his thing, made the first play, big play of the game against Baylor, and he was coming from the outside, so he's making plays. And you got the young fella, Anthony Hill. He's continuing to get better and better and better. He's one of those young players that you just put him on there and you let him go, and then that's what happened. He makes plays. So excited for that young man. Can't wait to watch his development, and I think his trajectory is going to be through the roof. But then you got a guy like David Bender. David Bender is my unsung hero. I told you that. I'm going to continue to, to rally for that young man because this is a guy that has worked and worked and worked. He kept his head down, kept working. Different sides of the ball, came in, started believing in it. And when you see success as a, as a player, your confidence starts to grow. And as Deion Sanders, I know everybody wants Texas shot and – you know, Dion got beat up last weekend, and that's okay. It's part of the game. It's going to happen when he gets the, the, these types of players. I guarantee you it's going to be a little bit different. But what he always says is don't let my confidence mess up your insecurities. Don't let my confidence affect your insecurities. That's fair. David Benda is now confident, and he's not insecure. He's out there working and staying on that grind, and I cannot wait. I repeat, I cannot wait to see this young man continue to grow and see what can happen for him. Now, then you go to the secondary part. Secondary continues to get better and better. And if you go back and you look at the film and you watch the games, as most of you do, obviously, that's why you're here. You want to know a little bit more. But while you're watching these games, look at how many people in the secondary are getting an opportunity to participate. That is the crazy part of what I'm seeing because we talk about the limited amount of reps for the offensive side of the ball, <clears throat> but on the defense, excuse me, but on the defensive side of the ball, this has been, man, this has been astounding. you got a lot of young players that are getting an opportunity to showcase their talents. And this goes back to the recruitment 
in how you go out and you 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 find guys that are like-minded that you can put out there to make plays that aren't afraid of the big moment. And Texas has had a lot of those guys. Look at last game where Malik Muhammad was on the field a lot. Uh, Maurice uh, Blackwell is back, not in the secondary, but at the linebacker position. Another name that is going to continue to pop up. Before he got injured, he was a guy that all the coaches were talking about. They were talking about his growth, his maturation, and his understanding. But most importantly, they were talking about his athleticism. And now you start looking in the secondary, another group of guys. And, and by the way, before I go to back to the secondary, Maurice Blackwell was another one of those guys that he was so talented that y'all they were trying to find a place to put him on the field because he can play anywhere. And I want to give a little bit of credit to Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn's positionless football where he's bringing down safeties and putting them as linebackers and having them run side to side is playing a real – uh, part to what PK is starting to do with a lot of these players. And that is why you're seeing so much youth on the field. Now back to the secondary, you look at it, your normal secondary, you got uh, Ryan Watts, who we got to work on. One of my favorite players, by the way, but we got to work on that deep ball and making sure that he has the right coverage over top and, and not getting caught looking in the backfield. As I said uh, yesterday about how the teams were attacking them. So you got to kind of look at that. Then you start looking at Jalen Catalan coming downhill. He's missed some tackles here and there, but he's coming downhill, providing leadership and also delivering some big hits. But then you got Jaron Thompson, big pick, big pick, big pick, making big plays from sideline to sideline. And when you need a play to be made, yes, he's another one. Got to kind of watch over the top, keep him in place. But as you look at another one, he's out there doing the doggone thing. So I'm very proud and of, of his growth as well. Then you go on to the other side, and you got Jade Barron, who is a playmaker. And the, the team is better when Jade's on the field, period. He is always a guy that you can turn to and say, Jade, I need a big play. And he's already dissected the play, breaks it down, goes out there, pops the dude in the mouth, does a great, great job. So Jade is doing his thing. And then you got Terrence Brooks, who's getting an opportunity to play, and he's getting an opportunity to play early in games. And he's a guy that my man that I was just mentioning, Rob Babers, was very, very high on from the very beginning. And got a chance to spend some time with him, see his technique, young player, little M, him and Ryan, Ryan uh, Watts from the same high school, getting those opportunities. And that's all they're doing is making plays. So when you're watching this team, you're watching the evolution and the foundation of what Coach Sark was trying to build from the very jump. Three years ago, and we'll reflect just a smidget of that loss to uh, to Kansas, since this is Kansas week, and Kansas has beaten Texas twice in the in the in this uh, time frame. Once with Sark, and once with Charlie, and it was nerve wracking with Tom uh, Herman as well. So you start looking at all of these situations and you're like, what in the world is truly going on? And as I sit here today, and I'm a little nervous about this point spread, there's a lot of money that's been out there, a lot of money that's being pushed the other direction um, with Kansas. And last week I told you there was nothing that I saw on film that made me worry about Baylor. 
There's nothing on that film last last week that made me think about Baylor. And if we look at last year's game, Texas won the game 55 to 14. But what did Texas do to have that happen? Did y'all realize that Texas um, ran the ball for 427 yards in that game? 427 yards yards on the ground 57 rushes texas only threw for 112 yards in that game is is that going to be the recipe for this week i don't think so but i think i still still believe that texas needs to run the ball i still believe that texas needs to establish both lines of scrimmage and oppose their will on this team but you don't think that they thought about that after this uh after that game you don't think that Coach Leipold has got that game on a loop and letting him and driving home the fact? Now you do have to consider who the running back was. Bijan went uh, 25 for 243. Jonathan Brooks had a big game as well. He went for 108 yards. Roshan did his thing. Um, but you still have to understand that you are not, as a defense, going to let that happen again. So I expect Texas – to try to run the ball, I would still, to set up the play action like they did. I still believe that the way for Texas to find rhythms is quick game. You got to get some of these guys in, in, in the game involved early, and that's very important. But most importantly, you got to let them know how serious you are about this. You're playing in front of your home crowd. It's a 2.30 start. Weather's supposed to be good. Um, <clears throat> but – this is going to be a challenge for this Texas football team. And to me, and to me personally, I believe that this is the, the start. You know, I think this, how you go out and perform in this game is the start to let you know where Texas is for the rest of the season. What is the mindset for the Texas Longhorns the rest of the season? That's my thoughts about that. I'm going to continue the conversation in just a minute. But right now, I want to talk to you about the great folks over at Covert Bee Cave. That's right, folks. Covert Bee Caves is nestled on 42 acres in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. Covert Bee Cave has three new state-of-the-art dealerships that are carrying seven, seven different brands. They got Buick, they got GMC, they got Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And in addition to those seven brands, they also have Covert Ford in Huddle, and they also have Ford Lincoln in Austin. Covert B Caves has something for everyone. Their services, they service all makes and models. And with 86 service bays, you're gonna get in and out. Your wait time will be minimal. So please visit covertbcave.com for the latest in the specials that they have out there. They have all kinds of inventory, or just stop by and come and see them today. Nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. Go to covertbcave.com. I want to continue the conversation about the Texas Longhorns and what's going on with them and the thought process. But I want to take you around behind the blue curtain, the Jayhawk, baby. I know they call it a chicken hawk, but them talking about the Jayhawks. And the Kansas Jayhawks and their coach, Lance Leipholm, has done something uh, at Kansas that hadn't been done before. And that's having, well, I'll take that back. I'll take that back. It has been done before when Mangino was there. It was going in the right direction before when um, 
my man Beatty was there, and then they, they, everything got sideways. But one thing that they have done is that they, I believe that they have found their coach. They tried to extend him. They're making upgrades to the stadium. And the reason why they are doing that is because Lance Lipo is a winner. He is a winner. He is a winner. He is a winner. He, too, played quarterback like Steve Sarkeesian. He is a, a, a champion, a national champion uh, as a player and as a coach. He's been around. He's done, he's done it at the Division Three level at Whitewater. He, at his eight years at Whitewater, he was 109 and six. He's a winner. And then he got a job at Buffalo. He was 37 and 33. And if you remember anything about Buffalo, they were a terrible, terrible team when he got there. I, I believe the coach before him, if I'm not mistaken, was Turner Gill. And Turner Gill, we all know him. You loved him at Nebraska when he was a football player, but he didn't do as well at the coaching staff. So shout out to Lance Leipold and what he was able to do at Buffalo. Took him to uh, buff, uh, to bowl games. They went to the Dollar General Bowl in 2018. It was the first 10-win season in the school's history. He took him to the Bahama Bowl in 19 or in 2019, where they were eight and five, and it was the first bowl win in school history. Uh, COVID year, they were six and one. They went to the Camilla Bowl. It was the first first bowl season ranking. They ranked 25. He took them to number 25, and then he went to Kansas. And his record at Kansas is 12 and 17. And remember at Kansas, when he got there, it was bad. Everything was bad. There was a fight with the administration and the former coach. Players were leaving. He, it, he, and like Sark, he had to come in, not saying what Tom Herman did was bad because Tom did get some recruits, but he didn't get the recruits on the level in which he's getting them right now. But when you watch this and watch what he's been able to do, the first year they went 2-10. and 10. The very his second year, last year, this was the team that went six and seven, and he went to the Liberty Ball, and it was the first bowl game since 2008, and they were ranked first time they were ranked in the AP poll since 2009, <clears throat> and now he's got this team four and zero. He's four and zero for the fourth, the second straight year, and the first time in KU's history since 1913 through 1915. He's got a playmaker at quarterback. He's got a good running game. And he's got this team playing and believing in themselves. Because it's been a long time as a Kansas football fan that you can talk about it since Todd Reesing, when Mangino was there, that you guys were able to really feel confident about your football team. I get it. I get it. We've all been around there where it's like, oh, I don't know. And now you're traveling and play, facing a team that everybody has ranked so high and, and the Texas Longhorns that have a lot of momentum right now where they're ranked number three in the AP poll and number five in the um, coaches poll, where Kansas is ranked 24 in all polls. So you got a ranked matchup. It's going to be on the big stage on ABC, national television. Everybody's going to be watching. And you remember that the team that you're about to take uh, – take the field with ran for 500 or 427 yards against you. Now you go to 21, you get the wit, you get the big win, walk off win, and you get a chance to get all these Applebee's and you got everybody believing in 
rock chalk j hop that's a different type of flow right that's a totally different type of flow so as a texas football fan i know you're confident but don't be overconfident don't look at the point spread and let what you saw last week in baylor which we saw nothing on the baylor bears and i can say that wholeheartedly and with respect i told you guys by the end of the week i was i shortchanged us by only saying 20 we beat them by 32 but i I did feel like Texas was going to be the more dominant team. I still believe Texas has the most elite players on the field. I just gave you some of the numbers and the all the, the high level in which all these guys are playing at. But when you play at home, nationally televised, against a team that you pretty much just went to, it was senior day for them, and you went over there and embarrassed them. You think that's not playing in their mind? You think that's not at top of mind for those guys and what they can accomplish if they come in here? Again, Lance Leopold is a great play designer. He's an offensive-minded coach. He's going to try to find the weaknesses on the Texas Longhorn. I just gave you the roster. I don't see a lot of weaknesses on there. But if you get pushed in the wrong place, you get out of place, and you don't stay within your uh, – responsibilities it can kind of get there now here's the other part of this and i'll have more later in the week but here's the other part of this texas has not played a true quarterback at the skill level that jalen daniels is at right now jalen daniels is the preseason all big 12 offensive player of the year last year through his time as the starting quarterback before he got injured he was on pace to be in the Heisman race. He was that talented. He was putting up those types of numbers. So understand the type of quarterback that you are about to see here is not the same quarterback that you've seen the last couple of weeks in a Sawyer uh, Robertson in a quarterback, Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow was probably the closest thing to him, but Jalen Milrow's didn't Tommy Tommy Reese did not help Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow does a better job when he's running around, scrambling, getting through their design runs, powerful runner, quick runner. They didn't help him out. So don't look at what we did against Jalen Milrow and hit me up and say, Hard, we can change. We 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 did this to Jalen Milrow. No, the offensive coordinator did that. Our defense did well, but Jalen Milrow did not get any help. From his OC, Lance Lightpole, offensive-minded guy, knows what it takes and is going to be able to scheme it up a little bit differently. And Jalen Daniels is a guy that has the ability to make plays and get into the open field. So discipline, discipline, discipline is going to have to be at the forefront for this Texas Longhorns team. Um, But I also want you to understand this. This is going to be the biggest challenge for you. JT Daniels, drop back quarterback, stationary. Sawyer Robertson ended up having to move around, but that's not his game. Texas got to him. The quarterback for Wyoming, I can't even say his name. He looked like Josh Allen back there. I needed him to play like Josh Allen, throwing picks. Texas went out, ended up winning the game, doing amazing things. 
This one is a different type of beast. This one, Texas has a lot of speed on that defense. Keaton Crawford's going to be going to be playing some safety as well. He was another guy that I wanted to mention in that secondary. But this Texas team is playing at a very, very, very high level defensively. And if they can have their gap integrities and stay disciplined and not get out of their lanes, it'll be tough for this young man to move around. I'm not saying that Texas is not going to be able to get to him. That's not what I'm going to say. That's not what I've been trying to say. But what I am going to say is this guy is a little bit different than what we've seen. He and Dylan Gabriel bring something totally different to this table. And I don't know if y'all know this already. I'm sure I've told you. I'm a big Dylan Gabriel fan strictly because I saw the kid at uh, UCF. He's talented. Now, when he's not on the field, Oklahoma's not very good. When when Jalen Daniels wasn't on the field, they did okay because the backup quarterback, Jason Bean, had a lot of time and he needed to play. So there's another opportunity. And remember last year's game, Jalen had just come back from his injury and he ended up going, let's see, 17 of 26, threw an interception, but he did throw the ball for 230 yards. Texas just made play after play, and they controlled the clock in that game. They ran the ball well. Texas controlled it 31 minutes to 28. So there's some things that are involved in here that are going to come into play. But let's just not look at this game and say, oh, it's KU. This isn't the old KU. I promise you that. Uh, if you're going to be able to watch this game, you might want to get with the folks at AV Consultations. That's right. I know the game is at home. You may be living somewhere else. My man Tom McKay and his crew can definitely take care of you. Audiovisual Consultations is where you need to go to get your home set up. Whether you want to hook up the man cave, she cave, or the home theater, or even have an outdoor patio set up, whatever you need, AV consultation, Consultations has you covered. Give them a call at 512-255-8678 or check them out online at avconsultations.com. Tom and his crew will make it all easy for you. Don't go to the big box stores trying to get figure out, hey, can I buy this TV? You think you got a good price at it? Tom will beat it. And you don't want to set it up yourself. You want somebody to come out and set it up for you. So let Tom and his crew do that for you. That's avconsultations.com or 512-255-8678. Hey, I'll get back into Lance Lightpole and who he is and what we can expect for them. But I want to talk a little bit about what we saw last night. Nah, you know what? I'm not going to talk about uh, the NFL just yet. I'm going to talk about the MLB. That's right. My man, Icky Ike, sitting there thinking about it. Been waiting on this. The MLB season is still heating up as the Astros and Rangers both win last night. Both scores were 5-1. to one. The Rangers uh, beat up on the Angels who shut down Mike Trout and Shohei Otani that, you know, that's pretty much, they've been out of it for a long time. I uh, saw our interview after the game talking to Mike Trout. He was all choked up, didn't know what he was going to do, what his thoughts were going to be. Is he going to be back with the team? Is he going to be healthy? He said he's just going to go through his offseason workouts like he normally does. And hopefully he can get himself back out there. They, they just don't have it. I just don't understand what happens to all the players that go out to Anaheim and go to Los Angeles, and then they just are not to be heard from anymore. They don't make the playoffs. They're not contending for titles. It's just something that is really, really sad when you look at 
two of the most talented players never get to showcase their talent on the on the highest stage. And the one time they did, they were swept. So I, I don't know. I just don't know what's happening there. But the Angels go out there and they win. They went back to back to back in the sixth inning with Adolis Garcia hitting his 37th home run. Mitch Garver, Garver, who every time I see Mitch on TV or get a chance to watch him play, he does something positive. I mean, he comes up with a big hit, whether he's staying inside out, going the opposite way, getting the base hit, driving in runs, or he always comes up and hits a big home run in a big situation. That's his 19th. And Nathaniel Lowe, Nathaniel Lowe has continued to be a solid first baseman. He hit his 17th. So they went back to back to back. Marcus Simeon is uh, hit his 28th. So he's two home runs away from hitting his 30th and having that middle infield in the 30-30 club. Not 30-30, but both of them hitting 30. And then they did have to pull John Gray, who had a, a very impressive outing. But after sixth inning, because of an injury, he went back out there and threw but his arm wasn't good uh, after that. So as every week, you end up seeing that somebody on the Rangers pitching staff ends up getting hurt. The Astros, as I said, they won on the road against the Seattle Mariners 5-1. to one. This also continues to separate them from, uh, from the Mariners every game that they get a chance to win. Don't forget the Rangers are going to get a chance to finish out the season against them <clears throat> coming up this weekend. But right now, the Astros are playing them, so they're getting that separation where they now are in the wild card hunt. Justin Verlander came out in his vintage self, uh, advancing his record to 12-8 and on the season. He went eight innings, allowing one run, three hits, and eight Ks. His ERA is a 3.32. They needed that. The Astros needed a Verlander start like that, and that's exactly what they got. Um, Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker – hit some prodigious home runs. I'm talking about them big boy home runs, and both of those guys are big boys. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, <clears throat> it is 30th for the uh, for the season, going joining only Jeff Bagwell as the only players to have consecutive seasons with 30 home runs. But guess what? Not so fast, my friend. They have another player that's about to step into the limelight. My man Kyle Tucker hit his 29th last night, which means that he is one home run away from joining uh, Jordan Alvarez and Jeff Bagwell, becoming the third player to hit consecutive seasons with 30 or more home runs. Texas leads the West with by two and a half games over the Astros and by four games over the Mariners. So shout out to the Houston Astros, shout out to the um, Texas Rangers. I want to talk about the NL as well, but I want to I want you to I want to tell you something about last night and the guy that is going to be pitching today for um, for the Mariners. So I don't know if a lot of people saw this or believe that this could actually be true. As a former athlete, you're about competition, and as an old school guy who got a chance to be around some big-time players in Major League Baseball. There wasn't pitch counts. There wasn't uh, monitoring you to get you out at a certain time. And it's kind of funny now that we're in a different day and age, and I'm not – I don't want to sound like get-off-my-lawn guy. I don't want to sound like a guy that doesn't have respect 
for the new way of doing things. The analytics say that your arm can only throw this many. Well, sometimes your mentality in your heart, your heart has to play a part in this. And tonight the, the Houston Astros will be pitching Christian Javier. And I know the Astro fans are, are, are excited about him. But he, the Astros, which is why I want the Astros to go out here and beat the snot out of this guy. Wayne Kirby will be the starting quarterback. I mean, quarterback will be the starting pitcher tonight for the uh, Seattle Mariners. But I want you to hear him after one of his starts this year and find out if I'm losing my mind for no reason for even thinking this. And I want you to pay attention to the commentators of yesteryear talking about some of the players that are in the game. I wish I wasn't out there for the seventh, to be honest. So I was at 90 pitches, and I didn't, I didn't think I needed to go anymore. John's playing a little bit hurt. Rib cage. He, he says he has a punctured lung. Cracked rib. That's more Bad than a little knee. bit hurt. Bad knee. Think about that. My man had a punctured lung, a cracked rib, a busted knee, and was probably out all night drinking to get to ease his way through his pain. But yet and still, my man said, I don't know if I want to be in the game anymore because I didn't feel like I needed to go past 90 pitches. What? Your team is in a pennant race. You think Greg Maddox, Roger Clements, Randy Johnson, Nolan Ryan? Nolan Ryan, if y'all got a chance to see facing Nolan, y'all, I would recommend you see that show. Goats check out facing Nolan. Nolan at one time was struggling so bad and was hurt. And the, the pitching coach came out to try to talk him out of coming out of the game. He said, get your ass back in the dugout. I got a lot more than what you got to bring out here after me. Where are those guys at? Where's that guy for Seattle that's trying to get into a pennant chase? I hope that he gets smacked around tonight. You better not throw no no-hitter tonight, Ike. I'm going to tell you that much. Don't have that guy throw no no-hitter against your squad. Let me tell you about the great folks over at Great, uh, excuse me, Great Blue Heron Furniture. It's a custom leather furniture company that's been here since 1991. They focus on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. And let me tell you how beautiful this stuff is. It is almost also the highest quality furniture you can find. You cannot, you will not find more stylish and more comfortable and more well-made furniture anywhere that's out there. There's a link on the YouTube page that you can check out at text, and they also have a Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection. And if you use the promo code HOOKEM, you're going to get 15% off your purchase. If you are looking for furniture that looks amazing and built to last for decades, look no further than Great Blue Heron Furniture. You can click the link or call today at 866-247-9688 and tell them the folks over at Texas Sports Unfiltered are there for you. And make sure you use the promo code HOOKEM to get 15% off. That is hook to get 15% off. Yeah, Tanisha, I saw the games last night. 
And I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about the power rankings and how you start looking at some of these teams in the NFL. And every time I looked at that game last night, I was kind of getting frustrated because I'm talking about the Eagles game, by the way, folks. The Eagles went on to win last night in a big game that we all knew that they were probably going to win, but you just didn't know for sure. But the Eagles, they don't look like that high-powered offense, and I said that they would. But what did I say earlier about the University of Texas and what was important for them to establish? The run. And last night, that's what the Philadelphia Eagles were able to do. They went and got uh, Mr. DeAndre Swift, who is out there just balling like he ain't got nothing else to do. He continues to run the football well. He is one of the guys that when you start looking at fantasy, and I know I'm bringing a little bit of fantasy into this conversation as well, they ran the ball so effectively that there was nothing that they could do, Tampa could do. And you know Tampa's a good defense for the most part. Todd Bowles is a defensive-minded guy. But right now, that Philadelphia football team, Jalen Hurts doesn't look like himself, but they control the line of scrimmage. They were just punching people, punching people, punching people. They were attacking on all levels. Jalen Hurts didn't – he's not – as sharp as he was last year. Uh, remember I told you his offensive coordinator is gone. The defensive coordinator is gone. But one thing that as a defensive coordinator for me, if you got the big people up front to be able to knock people around, that's impressive. And what they've been able to do, they pretty much brought all of Georgia's defensive linemen to uh, Philadelphia, and they are doing exactly what they did at Georgia. They're rotating guys in. They're playing a, a, aggressive on all levels. Baker Mayfield, who last week I told you which teams are really good 2-0 teams and which teams are should be they're they're smoking mirrors right now. And I'm not gonna all, I'm not just gonna put it all on them and say that they were all smoking mirrors because there were some drop passes along the way. There were some plays that could have been made by Tampa that weren't. Mike Evans dropped the touchdown pass. Um, he ended up getting one, but he dropped one. They ended up having to kick a field goal. There's a lot that went into that game, but that was because Baker was under constant duress the entire time. That Philadelphia defensive line is not to be messed with. And if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan and you saw what happened to you this last week, and we could call it humble pie, we can call it – all these other things, and they they had to make some adjustments along the way. I'm fine with that, and I get that. But if you're watching that and you think you can take those guys that were there this week because you're ending up having to deal with um, uh, injuries, that's why Dallas Cowboys. And, again, that's what I'm basing this off of. I can look at everybody else across the league, and I'll give you my, my entire power rankings, top ten, tomorrow and kind of give you the state of the NFL the way I see it, because they've only played three games. They're not even a quarter way through the season yet. But I sit here and I watch Jalen Carter. First and foremost, I have a question about how did Jalen Carter fall all the way to the Philadelphia Eagles? That is mind-boggling to me. And it's frustrating as a Cowboys fan. But it also goes back to 
you're always trying to judge people for character, right? You want, I want character guys. I want character guys. I do too. But you also got to have a couple knuckleheads in your locker room that are going to be disruptive. And think about this. You let him go to a team where a bunch of Georgia guys who have played with him before know how to talk to him, know how to get him back in line, and you let him go to one of the most talented defenses that are out there. So I'm, I'm questioning a lot of you draft people on this day. Then you look at what I said about Swift. He came over from the, the Detroit Lions who went and got Jamar Gibbs, and now you got him in the backfield. I do believe he's an upgrade. He has done some unbelievable things, and fantasy owners are really excited about what they've seen from him in the first couple weeks. But their offense, eh, they got some playmakers. It looked like Jalen Hurts and um, uh, A.J. Brown are friends again or tight again from their conversations on the sideline a couple weeks ago where they were seen arguing with each other. Well, it looks like they figured that out because Jalen Hurts, whenever he was in trouble, he found A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown had a game for for a night last night. So that was really, really cool. But as a Cowboys fan, you definitely need to be worried. You definitely need to be worried. I don't think their offense is going to scare you, but I don't think your offense is going to scare them easy either right now. So I think their line of scrimmage and their ability to run the ball will trump anything that you have on the Dallas Cowboys at this particular time. Cowboys is still my squad. I'm still going to roll with them. Uh, I, I'm, it's ride or die. And I, I, I tried to get a side uh, Dallas Cowboy team a couple, couple years ago. And it was uh, – actually, it was two years ago. And I was rolling with the Chargers. But now Kellen Moore is over there, and I don't even want to look at them right now. I don't because they're scoring in the red zone. We're not. Dang it. Dang it. Um, but then you also got to look at the game that you saw last night. When you looked at the Cincinnati Bengals uh, going out to beat the uh, Rams. And the funny thing about that is the Rams team was talking a lot of trash before. Not like Deion Sanders in Colorado trash. No, 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 no. And yes, T, they will get Deion the race. But I, they were talking like they knew that they were going to be able to do some things. He was, he was slighted because they weren't being talked about as a team in the West that could compete with the 49ers. Last night, the Cincinnati Bengals defensive line made Matthew Stafford's life a living hell. I was watching that game, and I could not believe what I was seeing from Matthew Stafford. Every time he dropped back, every time he dropped back, he was under duress. They were in his face. He was off target. Uh, he couldn't get the ball to the right players. Atwell did well. Uh, the running back, Williams, he looked okay. My guy, Patuka Pachuka, I was trying to get him some points last night. They were out there scuffling. They played the, the Bengals defense, came to play, and the fact that Joe Burrow was saying that he wasn't worried about the injury, 0-3 was more important than him being injured. It shows you the moxie that he has, the mindset, the mental toughness, the uh, pain threshold that he's able to hold. But what I saw throughout this week and this weekend, Cowboys got a lot of work to do. And, yes, question is a great question. I do believe 
that the Eagles O-line is better than the Dallas Cowboys O-line, 100%. And you are right, darling. They play bully ball. And that's how you get to that. That's how you get to that level. That's how you put that type of pressure on them. And that is how you take that next step. And the Cowboys definitely need to be that type of team. They need to get back to the drawing board. They need to go back and look at everything and see exactly um, what needs to happen. They need to see exactly how this is going to make a big difference in the success and the failures. And they need to look at what San Fran is doing as well. San Fran is another team in the NFC that is it looks like they are getting better and better each week. Brock Purdy is staying upright. He's he's hitting the open guys. They're throwing the ball quick and getting it out of his hands. And they've got some playmakers on their team. So when you're looking at the NFC and you're watching how it all breaks down, you still are looking at Cowboys, 49ers, and Philadelphia Eagles. Those are the teams that are, are the ones that everybody's going to talk about. Those are the ones that everybody are looking at. And those are the ones in the NFC that you're trying to if – you're, if you're watching your team play, but you want to compare them to somebody else, those are the teams that you need to compare them to. Those are, are the teams that you compare, compare them to because those are the teams you're going to end up playing in the playoffs. That's how that needs to happen, and that's how it needs to be getting done. You know what else needs to happen? You need to contact my friends over at Pest Wranglers. Go to PestWranglers.com where you can get all your pest control needs. Uh, the company was started by the owner who was tired of companies that didn't know how to treat their employees or their customers right. And you know if I'm working with them, this is probably the place for you. Pest Wranglers is locally owned family business that's been around since 2006, and their basic principle goes back to what I just said. You have to have great customer service, and that leads to happy customers. Now, Pest Wrangler services most of the Central Texas area. And if you're in need of help with mosquitoes, termites, rodents, or you need inspections on your residential or commercial properties, please give Pest Wranglers a call at 512-670-7808. Go to the website at pestwranglers.com. The beautiful part about Pest Wranglers is they will not make you sign a contract. You know why? Because they believe if you're happy, you ain't going nowhere anyway. They got five-star ratings on Google, Yelp, Angie's List, and every referral site. Go to PestWranglers.com or give them a call, 512-670-7808. And I also want to give a shout-out to my folks over at Four Roofs. The number four. That's right. Go to Four Roofs. We just had some hail come through this Central Texas area, and a lot of people were texting me. They were like, hey, what's your roofing guy's company? What's your roofing guy company? It's easy. It's Four Roofs TX. They, too, are a locally owned business that understands your needs in this area. They have been in business for over 15 years, and they've got affordable pricing with a quick response time. They are very thorough and trustworthy as well. I've used them for my home. My neighbors have called me multiple times trying to get them together. That is what they've done, and now they're in my neighborhood looking at homes right now. They're, they're, They're all over Round Rock. So make sure you get with them because I know them personally and they will not disappoint you. They also have project managers on every job site, making sure that you, the customer, are getting everything that you were promised. So what are you waiting for? Reach out today and give them a call at 512-520-5884 or go to the number 4 roofs 
tx.com. Guys, there's a lot that we're going to end up getting into. I know everybody's talking to me about these Astros, go Astros. Can't wait for baseball season, as I've been talking about. Pennant chases are the most fun time for me. I'm going to try to get uh, somebody from MLB Network to come on with us within the next week uh, to talk a little bit about these pennant races and how the expectations are, who's lining up properly. Uh, we got a big week of college football as well. It's not going to be as exciting as last week, but now that you're in conference play, there's a lot that we're going to have to digest and try to figure out. The Dallas Cowboys playing this weekend. What are they going to do against the Patriots? What do you believe in as Cowboys? Are they going to have everybody healthy? Uh, what are the excuses? Narrative is back on Dak on red zone turnovers. One red zone turnover, first interception of the year. Now you got an opportunity to play against Bill Belichick, one of the best coaches in the history of the game. And I did an interview last night uh, uh, on stories inside the man cave with my man, Sean Clinch. It was hilarious. Garrett Gilbert was on there. So when you see the post come out about uh, the podcast stories inside the man cave with Sean Clinch, Garrett Gilbert told us that Bill Belichick obviously is one of the greatest coaches, but he said it, he was one of the best people to talk to. I know. I know. It's kind of crazy that he's one of the best people to talk to because he gives us nothing. That's because media he don't want to talk to the media but him being in the locker room with him yeah, he said it's the most invaluable thing that he's ever done and he cherished his time in new england because of the way that that organization obviously patriots way that they talk about the people inside that building and the people in that locker room were amazing to him and that was one of the best times of his career he played for a lot of teams somebody who played minor league baseball and bounced around for a ton of teams I understand what it's like and the camaraderie that you can have with teammates. That's the part that I miss the most. Yes, the fans cheering for you and all the stuff that goes with that. Uh, but it's impressive to me when you can sit in a locker room, hang out with guys, go to dinner, uh, go to the club, whatever, and get to know them, get to know their families, get to know, uh, when I say families, I'm talking about mom, dad, daughter, cousins, sisters, everybody, brothers. It's its just so much fun. And being in those types of environments are priceless. And you just, you miss those times as you get older. Yeah, obviously you love your boys and you want to be around your family as well. But that locker room and that 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 camaraderie that you have, it, it's there's nothing else like it. Because when you're playing, you're spending the majority of your life with them so the guys on your team you're with them more than you are at home so it is uh it is a brotherhood like no other and then your coaching staff and so for him uh, i'll make sure to retweet it when it comes out but you definitely need to hear it because he's a pretty funny funny guy and i i i kind of covered him up on uh the texas situation when he ended up having to leave the the university of texas but i do want to say this and this goes out to my man ike Jordan and Tucker, the Lefty Bash brothers, you are 100% are correct. But like the Texas Rangers, if you guys can't figure out your bullpen and try to figure out what, what really matters, dial in. Because I, like I said yesterday, I want both Texas teams in the playoffs. 
And I want both Texas teams to play each other to, to play for to the ones to go to the World Series. That's what I want to see. That's what I've been waiting for. That's what I'm built for. That's what excites me about this stuff. I love pennant chasing baseball because every pitch, every situation is, is important. And speaking of important, don't forget this. The Philadelphia Phillies and the wild card is still there. And it, the Phillies are in. I'm not worried about them. But Arizona and the Chicago Cubs are tied right now for the second and third spot in the wild card. The Marlins are right behind them at one game. I don't know if Cincinnati is going to try to make this run or not. Arizona, they start with the White Sox tonight. The Cubs are at Atlanta. And Miami is facing the Mets. The Cubs have won three straight. Miami has won two straight. The Cubs will have their left-handed uh, Cy Young Award uh, candidate Steele on the mound. He's left-handed. He is 16-5 and five with a three ERA. And he's going to be going against lifetime Longhorn, lifetime Longhorn, Bryce Elder, who's 12-4 and four in a, with a 3-6 ERA. The Cubs got their work cut out for them. And as I said earlier, the Strohs will send Christian Javier against Wayne Kirby tonight so it is going to be a fun fun night yeah football is not on tonight but at major league baseball pennant chasing that's what i will be doing tonight and uh i hope that you guys have enjoyed the show i've had a lot of fun i am going to uh tell y'all something about thursday that i'm gonna be watching that y'all are gonna laugh at but i need y'all to be a part of my watch party that's right your boy might have a watch party and it is going to be fun because, you know, Thursday night is Thursday night football. But there is something that has been on my TV for the last month that I've got recording and I can't wait to watch it. And everybody always talks about trash TV. But I'm hoping that Bucky can make an appearance on that show. That's what I'm telling you. I know he can't. I know he can't. But as always, folks, don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar. And now I'm going to bring in my man, BK. BK, my man, took a day off yesterday. He had load management, but it was mainly, it was mainly for his uh, his religion. He had to take a day off. He had to make up for all his sins, and he dressed up for an occasion last night, man. Tell everybody what you dressed up for last night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's uh, one of the biggest days of the year in the Jewish calendar. It's our day of atonement known as Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. And we've got a fast from eating and from drinking. It's sundown to sundown. So it's about 27 hours or so of no food or no water. A lot of time in temple. I ain't talking about the city, I'm talking about the <laughs> synagogue. I'm not sure which one's worse, honestly. And uh, hey, I'm from the 254. Watch out. I know, but you're not from Temple, so I feel okay dragging on Temple a little bit. But yeah, hey, afterwards, a tradition unlike any other. I ain't talking about the Masters. I'm talking about breaking the fast at CC's Pizza. So I'm rolling in there at like 8.30 last night in a full-on suit and tie coming straight from the synagogue, rolling up. To eat that 65 feet of endless pizza, pasta, and salad. And, oh, man, I went to town. Awesome. How's your stomach feeling today? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Been better. 
Been better. I feel better today than I was yesterday, though, because you know you you hit the uh, the last few hours of a long fast like that, and it you start to feel it. You start to be a little because you're already thinking about it. You know that you have an opportunity to go. You're like, okay, I just got a little bit longer, and that's the worst feeling you could have. It's like having to go to the bathroom and you're driving, and you know, oh, I can hold it for the next twenty minutes. I'm almost to the house. But by that 10th minute, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, exactly what it was. So I'll explain more of the story on uh, on Trey and BK here in a minute. But uh, quick explanation of what's going on. So we're ending this stream and we're going to a different stream for the rest of the shows today. So all you have to do in the description of this video, there's a link to the new stream that Trey and I are about to start. Just click that link so you can find where we're going to be. If you're listening on the app, it might be silent for a couple of seconds, but you'll hear us in a little bit. So just wanted to let the people know what's going on. I'll explain to you, Mike, why we're doing this. I'll explain to everybody why we're trying this. But uh, that's what's happening right now. So click that link below to uh, to find Trey and I as, uh, as we get started. And Harge, great show, my man. I'll talk to you. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you, brother, as always. Have a great one. All right, you too.